You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Next up on Destination Freedom. Well, yes, I said that she, uh, the, uh, I've actually uh, asked that the, that she not be prosecuted because of the fact that she was under the same duress as those African Americans. I asked that they not be prosecuted because of the duress. And uh, same thing, I asked for Carolyn, but they reopened the case. But I'm asking uh, the FBI to uh, look, you're 70 years late. Welcome to episode 17 of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days podcast. I'm producer director Donnie L. Betts. The Black Bayou Bridge is an infamous bridge where Emmett Till's body was disposed of, located in Glendora, Mississippi. This bridge once connected the town of Glendora to every plantation north, south, east, and west of Glendora, Mississippi, and was considered the Las Vegas for the plantations surrounding the town because its sole purpose at the time was to connect sharecroppers to Glendora, Mississippi, so that they could go and relieve themselves of their harsh living conditions by venting their frustrations. The bridge has been designated a historical structure, but lacks a destination due to bring the bridge where Emmett Till's body was dumped from the Black Bayou Bridge. Johnny B. Thomas is not only the founder of the Emmett Till Historical Center, but also the mayor of the town of Glendora, Mississippi, and has been that mayor for the past three decades. He's also a native of Glendora, Mississippi. Mayor Thomas' father may have been involved against his will by disposing of the body of Emmett Till. We speak with Mayor Johnny B. Thomas of Glendora, Mississippi, next on Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. So um, today we're talking to the great mayor of, of Glendora, Mississippi, uh, Mayor Johnny Thomas. From reading things online, from watching things on YouTube, uh, you're still are carrying on the struggle there, carrying on the fight, having one of the only museums dedicated to Emmett Till and his legacy. When did you first decide you wanted to do this museum, and why? Oh, we established the museum in 2005, so around 2000. Three, uh, four after we got done growing sweet potatoes and couldn't sell them. All of that good meal, we decided to go into seeing if we could sell our history or at least uh, share it with the rest of the world. Why do you think it was important that you share the history of Emmett Till? The importance of it to me it is something that uh, looked like society was trying to get rid of. And, of course, African-Americans, it appeared that was uh, afraid to or ashamed or something to deal with it. And so we decided that we would resurrect and uh, uh, save the legacy of a child that took place here in our community, basically. And the uh, other most important part of it, that was African-Americans... Uh, under the duress, made to participate. So uh, it couldn't die from that point. Can you explain to the audience out there what do you mean by other African-Americans were made to take part in this uh, horrific uh, murder of Emmett Till that happened 65 years ago? Well, I tell you, this uh, community here that uh, I am now the mayor of is the oldest community in this uh, county, and I we was established just shortly after 
the uh, trail of tears, mm. uh, which uh, basically was a large part of this community, Choctaws. And so our community was built right here on the top of their, their ground and surrounded by their ground. So uh, the African-Americans uh, I talked about was that uh, under the duress, in this community here, at one time, it was very privileged. Uh, African-Americans in, in the, under the duress, uh, my father, uh, four other African-Americans uh, worked for the admitted murder. And back then, during Jim Crow and those years, you couldn't do anything but what you was told to do. And, of course, they involved them in the murder. Uh, my father was allegedly there when they went and took the child. Uh, we had uh, other African-Americans that they talk about, uh, Oprah Wallace, Joe Willie Hubbard, Odie Brown, Tutite Collins, all African-Americans, but I understand that there was probably a lynch party that was never mentioned. But later on, they determined that uh, or decided that African-American was accomplices. But we don't know the other accomplices uh, that participated was white. So speaking that Mayor... Johnny Thomas of Glendora, Mississippi. He describing some of the people that were possible uh, took part in the murder of Emmett Till uh, 65 years ago in August of 2020, August 28th to be exact. One of those people that uh, possibly participated who worked for the Bryants at the Bryant store uh, in Meat Market uh, in Money, Mississippi, was his father, Henry Lee Loggins. Can you describe... Uh, well I'm sorry. Not, uh, it was not. Uh, my father worked for J.W. Bauer. Uh, okay. All right. At Bryant. Okay. J.W. Mallet was one of the people that uh, uh, is the confessed murderer of Emmett Till. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your father? What you can remember? Well, I remember everything that uh, about my father. I remember that. Uh, he came back home in 1960, I believe it was, 60 or 61, uh, after going into exile for four or five years, uh, I guess trying to escape away from uh, the past and the situation that was going on at the time. And of course, I expect him to be still fearful what took place like this. You say he went into exile. Now, rumor has it that he was uh, actually uh, in, uh, put in jail uh, right after two, just so he wouldn't be able to testify uh, during the trial of these two men uh, there in, in Mississippi. Were you ever, ever uh, able to speak to him about that? Uh, the rumor has it that he was moved from, from jail to jail until he was able to, like you say, go into exile uh, in a different city. Yeah, well, rumors have it... Uh quite a bit of different ways around here. Uh, but uh, as I understand it, he was incarcerated for 
a period of time to prevent him from testifying. Of course, their name did not come up in the trial at all, uh, so he wouldn't have had to testify, but had his name came up, uh, we, of course, we would not have had a double jeopardy situation. Yes. But they didn't bring any African-American's name up, and I guess that was uh, a strategy to prevent uh, them from testifying and or bringing in the federal government. Were you ever able to speak to him directly uh, and ask him that? I was able. I am the very last to speak to, uh, interview my father, yes. Would you mind sharing some of those details? Uh, well, now uh, I have shared with the uh, FBI, which this case is, as I understand, is still open. It's uh, reopened now. Yes, it just so, reopened uh, in, in 2017, 2018. Uh, I said, yes, it was reopened in 2017, 2018. Uh, it was opened uh, before that, I want to say uh, 2011 or so. Uh, about after a documentary, yeah, yeah, two thousand, yeah, two thousand five, I believe it was real. Yes, my father, you know, uh, interviewing. One thing I do recall is that uh, the fear that it appears to have on he had, appeared to have, have on his face as we interviewed him, mm. but uh, we also had a chance to interview. Uh, uh, Willie Reed, uh, the young man that uh, heard the beating and the hollering, and the child called in for his mother. Yes. Uh, on that Sunday morning. So we had a chance to interview him uh, prior to him passing away. But mm. uh, yeah, my father uh, has always and has been adamant that he had nothing to do with uh, this incident, or well, he was not there. You believe the, you believe differently, uh, though, right? Uh, do I believe differently? Yes. Uh, well, uh, you know, during Jim Crow, uh, you anyone would know different. If you're told to do something, that's what it was. If you're still here, so my father still was here. Uh, all of the other African American men that uh, allegedly participated were still here. Therefore, they did what they was told to do. Again, we're speaking with the mayor of Glendora, Mississippi, uh, Mayor Johnny Thomas, uh, describing uh, his conversation with his father, uh, talking about the murder of Emmett Till by Roy Bryant and J.W. Millam, August of 1955, 65 years ago now, uh, in August of 2020. He also said you had a chance to speak with the, at that time, young man who uh, heard the cries of Emmett as he was crying for his mother and he was being beaten. Uh, can you describe a little bit of that uh, interview and conversation that you had with him? Well, he, he uh, again, uh, you saw the fear and the welling up of the eyes and the water coming in the eyes as we interviewed him about that horrific situation. And, of course, he, uh, in 2011, it's when we uh, interviewed him, uh, it was clear that the fear and uh, the sorrow and whatever was 65 years ago was the same within him that day as we interviewed. The sorrow and the hurt and 
those type of things. So, fifty mm-hmm. some years later, yeah. What to see? Yes, and of course we've been working ourselves with the family, uh, Erica, before she passed away, and her mother, Island. Yes, uh, and uh, we've also been working with uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Pat with the Immaterial Foundation. Yes. So yeah, we've been speaking with Deborah Watts. So this year coming up on the anniversary, um, what would you like to see happen? Well, we, we uh, Emmett, uh, as we know, he died a lot about uh, uh, the Board of Education decision that came out. Racism was heavy, uh, and especially when that decision was handed down. Uh, I guess the Somehow they had to put fear back into the African-American community. So Emmett wound up being that sacrifice. And we're hoping that uh, that systemicness end this year with uh, Mr. Paul's death. And so many others. Yes, and so many others, including almost myself just nine days after the murder of uh, Brown in Missouri. I was also at gunpoint with uh, 10 or 12 automatic weapons at my head after being a mayor for 30 years at the time and being 30 miles away from my home where I served as mayor for 30 plus years. And I said uh, to the police department that surrounded me about 10 or 15 cars. I'm the mayor of the town of Glendora right down the street. And of course, had I been white, never would have been a question. Instead, they made me lay down in the middle of the highway with automatic weapons pointed at my head and inclement weapon after repeating three times who I was. So uh, I almost was one of those statistics. Uh, what was the reason? What reason did they give you for the stop? Well, there, there was the, the reason for the stop was that I supposedly had a worker riding with me that had not showed up for his probation uh, meeting with his probation office. But they knew who I was. I wasn't him. I explained who I was, and they didn't go right next seat and get him. Instead, they did what they did to me. Hmm. Uh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. The purpose of what, but uh, that's what they did, and they did nothing to the young man that had uh, that was working for me that had not showed up for probation. So it answers my my question: Have things changed in the, uh, in the Delta? The Delta, being in the Black Belt here of Tallahatchie County, the free state of Tallahatchie County. I know you probably heard of the free state of Jones, but mm-hmm. uh, there's one other free state, and that's Tallahatchie County here, which is 70% African-Americans and are still under the duress, similarly to Jim Crow, because they are not in control of the voting process. Uh, we have 70% of the population which should reject four African-Americans. Uh, county supervisor, which is the governing body 
Uh, instead, we are just two. In Tallahatchie County, they still run districts from one side of a 600-mile county, square mile county, to the other side to pick up enough whites to dilute the African-American vote. Uh, therefore, this community uh, is practically, this county is practically as poor as it was back in 1900. Not uh, not too much better. What we asked Joe Biden the other day to uh, please consider electing or selecting a secretary to remove the systemic racism that plagues the Constitution and put an African American in that spot and uh, allow us to change the conditions that we are living in. Thank you so much for sharing. I think I'm like once again. I'm saying I'm sorry that you had to experience that again, especially now, especially after so many things that supposedly changed. Let me ask you a question that's not related to Till, and we'll get back to to Till. You know, recently the state of Mississippi removed a Confederate flag. Does that have any significance to you? Does that mean anything to you, to the people in well, that you that you ago, govern? Two years ago, I have. Uh, sent a letter to the Board of Supervisors, the County Board of Supervisors, which governed uh, whether that flag be removed, and they refused to do it. Of course, we asked that the flag be removed as well as uh, General Lee, I believe it is. General Lee is one of the boys, traitors or treasonists uh, as well. And, of course, they've not moved anything yet. It is still there. So it's significant. If they don't remove it, uh, my other request is that the uh, lynching that have taken place in this county, those individuals that have been killed and murdered, uh, should be given uh, a spot on those same grounds, public grounds, to display the horrificness that have taken place in this county. Can you, I want to get back to a relationship of, of you and Glendora, Money, J.W. Millam, or Brian, Mose Wright, all these different figures in um, Emmett Till's life uh, and death. Did you, uh, I'm sure your family did, but I know you were just a little boy. Did you know Mose Wright at all? Didn't know Mose Wright. Got a chance to know J.W. Milam in 1965. He came back to our community. I guess he came back to try and vindicate himself. He brought a little white partner with him. And that partner visited his friend with him, and his friend lost his pocketbook. And the friend claimed that the visitor with J.W. had gotten his purse, pocketbook. And J.W. beat him all over Glendale, just just beat him um, almost to a puff in this community here in front of African-Americans looking at, looking on until one of them decided to get enough nerve to make him stop. Everybody else was afraid to, except for one female, the wife of Walter Wallace, who J.W. had at one time summons to take one of his vehicles and run it into the train that comes through this community to destroy And he did. Just ran the truck into the tracks. His wife stopped him from killing this little fellow. 
Now, this fellow was, was white or black? He was white. Okay, but he, his rage and his anger and his malice didn't matter. That's right. What about Roy Bryant? Did he ever? Never met, uh, never knew, met, uh, or met Roy Bryant. Okay. You were talking about the fear that you saw in the people that you had a chance to interview uh, even years later. Too tight. I said he did return as well. Did you have a chance to, to talk to him? Because his wife had stated that, that he was really fearful of, for returning, and supposedly he, he disappeared once he did return. He did disappear. Um, too tight. Actually, uh, I'm told that he lived in the house with us, uh, me, my mom, Harry Lee, my dad, and my uh, sister and brother. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but uh, I found out that he told a tale in Chicago uh, that uh, instead of shooting the child through the head, they took an old-fashioned wood drill and drilled a hole through his head. And, of course, when he made it back here, I don't know if that's what made him disappear. Probably was because he talked, uh, probably knew too much and talked too much. But anyway, he disappeared. So before Emmy was, was shot... He was, he was drilled through the head as well. That's what they're saying. Is, uh, 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 too tight said that he was shot, was not shot through the head. He drilled through the head. They drilled it through the head. Mm. One day, hopefully, we'll know. Hopefully, we'll know all of the truth. And like you said, hopefully, some people will about, be brought to justice, even if they're still dead now. They'll still be brought to justice. That's what we're hoping for. How have you dealt with this um, yourself, knowing that... Um, you knew some of the people that were involved, even though you were very young, but you did got get a chance to meet them later on in life. What did that do to your 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 soul, your spirit? Well, you know, it wasn't something that was often talked about, so it wasn't just like it was up in front of this community all the time. As a matter of fact, it probably wasn't up in front of this community or the community people's. Maybe once a year when my father come home. Otherwise, it wasn't talked about. I guess the fear wouldn't allow uh, the community to talk about it. So it wasn't up in front of us every day. And it was just something that uh, I've always known that it was a fearful matter. And it just wasn't talked about. I found out 50 years later that my mom had talked about it in the lynching of Emmett Till book. And she talked about how... uh, to James Hicks, how she had been, uh, uh, they would be beaten if they were ill and couldn't go to the field. J.W. would come in the house and beat them. So I imagine uh, how critical that was. But the whole thing was, uh, that was especially horrific on me that I didn't know about. Uh, One thing I did know, being from the Jim Crow area and the sharecropping area. I, I just couldn't pick cotton. And uh, after receiving this book, I figured out that's why I couldn't pick cotton. I probably was there or in the room or somewhere present when they were being beaten to be made to go to the field. So I just couldn't pick cotton. I nev- I've never been a cotton picker. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured out that's the reason. That makes two of us. <laughs> Growing up in East Texas, I just wasn't a cotton picker as well. So I know exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah, they were too far off from slavery. It was slavery by a different name. Yes. Sharecroppers. 
Yes, indentured servant. Yes. It was rough. It was rough. You'd never had to cook molasses, have you? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. And eat eggs and onions. Yes. Uh, yeah. Where you from? Northeast Texas, a little town called DeKalb. Oh, DeKalb? Yes, DeKalb, Texas. Oh, okay, DeKalb, Texas. I, I thought I used to know the mayor there at one time. Oh, is that right? Uh, was there ever an African-American mayor no, that was city council. My brother was in city council for years. Named Willie Betts. You were? Uh, my brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But there's never been a, a black mayor. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's before we wrap this up. And I again thank you so much uh, for sharing with us. Um, at, there at the museum, did uh, Mamie Till Mo- Mobley have a chance to visit the museum before she passed? She did not. Uh, I have the. Uh, 70th birthday of Emmett and Glendora and all of the family team. Mm. Uh, uh, Ali, uh, Erica, and their mainly Tia Mobley uh, uh, children that she organized. So we had a three-day birthday, the birthday party here in Glendora honoring uh, the legacy of Emmett. Uh, I'm also an author. We've written, written a book. Uh, rising Above Slavery, Jim Crow, and Poverty in Glendora, Mississippi. And where is that, where is that available? Uh, it's available with me. I, I sell them, uh, distribute them from Glendora. We're working on trying to establish in honor of my wife who was killed in 2017 when a 120-year-old oak tree came across our bed, crushing her and leaving me. I've read that, and I'm so sorry for your loss. I had read that in news accounts that that had happened to you and your family, your wife, and yeah. so sorry that that happened. Yeah, I tell you, Joe Biden and I are probably around the same thing. He, he lost one wife, I've lost two wives. Is that right? My first wife had a singer car accident and killed herself. So. And my son tried to commit suicide in Oakside, 17 years in military. So we've, we've suffered it around here, and hopefully we can uh, change the plight of this community. Yes. It's a uh, you know, it's, it's hard life there in the Delta, hard life yes. there in Glendora, hard life there in Money. As I said, visiting many years ago, doesn't seem like things have changed that much. Um, we hope uh, for the better. We hope much success for you and the museum. You personally um, can find some peace. Uh, in your life and your family's life and thank you for doing all the hard work that you're doing to keep not only the legacy of Emmett Till alive but the legacy of your your city and constituents alive for the betterment of our community as a whole any anything last words you'd like to say uh, to the people listening that you want them to know about Emmett Till and the work that you're trying to do uh, I was just saying that uh, John Lewis uh who just recently passed away. Our lives paralleled each other. I've uh, done all of the fighting that he's done. I've gotten started at 17 years old uh, and have suffered in every way that he suffered. And, of course, we got a chance to meet several times. Uh, uh, he's in my book, and we're hoping that uh, we can carry out what he's hoped for. Thank you. Thank you so much, because... Like you said, both starting at such a young age. John Lewis, I represented John Lewis. I had a chance to meet him myself. 
at the 50th anniversary of uh, SNCC. Uh, it was an amazing experience that I had just to be in his presence. And once again, um, having a chance to talk to you and interview you many years ago, uh, for people who've been on the ground that long, as, as teenagers up until now, carrying on the fight and fighting the good fight. So we thank you again for just doing what you're doing and being who you are. Uh, hopefully you'd be an inspiration for younger people, older people, people in the middle uh, that are doing this fight and carrying on this struggle now. Again, we've been speaking with the mayor of Glendora, Mississippi. Uh, that is Mayor Johnny Thomas has been the mayor for more than 30 years now, correct? Uh, yes, since 1982. That's fantastic. That's incredible. So keep doing what you're doing. That's uh, actually the first African-American to be elected to any office in this county. Is that right? Yes, sir. We appreciate you. I, I did have one more question. Said, um, uh, Did you know uh, Wheeler Parker? Or did you hear about him? Yes, what happened with him? I'm sorry, say it again. You say, what happened to Wheeler? Yeah, Wheeler Parker. Can you tell us a little about, about him? Oh, uh, Wheeler, yes. Uh, Wheeler has been down to our place, and he's been here several times, and uh, they pretty much build him as uh annually. Mm. Well, he always said he wanted to, he wanted to kind of set the record straight, and uh, people sometimes had painted him in a bad light, but, you know, because you hear all kind of things about what happened that day that led to the incident that happened, uh, you know, two days later, three days later, caused Emmett to lose his life. Uh, right. Yeah, he always said that, you know, Emmett did whistle, but he whistled outside the store. Nothing went down in the store. Uh, that's what our interview show in 2011, that he did whistle outside the store. Right. Of course, uh, my thing is everything that was said and done uh, by Carol Bryan. Again, I chalked all of that up to her being under the same duress as any African American. You're speaking about Carolyn Bryant now. You're saying that she was under the same kind of duress you thought? Um, well, yes. I'm saying that she, uh, the, uh, I've actually uh, asked that the, that she not be prosecuted because of the fact that she was under the same duress as those African-Americans, I ask that they not be prosecuted because of the duress. And uh, same thing, I ask for Carolyn, but they reopened the case. But I'm asking uh, the FBI to, uh, look, you, you're 70 years late. Hmm. Uh, they, uh, uh, my mom revealed that uh, my father was locked up in jail and the FBI didn't come with the tampering with witnesses, and a letter sent to Eisenhower and Jay, who they did nothing. On the 50th anniversary, they all convened on my town, north, south, east, and west, Mississippi uh, FBI's. And I told them point blank that they were 50 years late. And again, I say that they're late, and they know the reason that they did not arrest uh, Carolyn, back in 55, when they had a warrant for it, was because of the duress that she was under. I guarantee you that's what it was. And I say now, uh, we should uh, hopefully uh, be able to, if there are no others, uh, close the case and get on with the healing. As we started our museum, and that's the 
purpose of our museum. It was not to be provocative, but to uh, begin a dialogue so that we could get along, get ahead with healing. And that's what our museum is about. The healing began. Thank you. I think that's a great way to end our conversation, Mayor. Uh, thank you again for being uh, our guest here on Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Uh, my name is Donnie Betts, and we were speaking with the mayor of Glendora, Mississippi, Mayor Johnny Thomas, uh, speaking on a wide range of subjects, but mostly concentrating on uh, Emmett Till, young man at 14 years old who was brutally killed in Money, Mississippi, and found and dumped off the Black Bayou Bridge in Tallahatchie County, uh, not too far from Glendora, Tallahassee County, and his anniversary of 65 years since his death is August 28th, 2020. Again, thank you for listening. Donnie Betts, signing off for Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Mayor, thank you again for your time. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Thank you for listening. Support for Destination Freedom is provided by the Bonfie Stanford Foundation, the Ulipians Fund of the Denver Foundation, Arts and Society, and Karen and Johnny Klein. Make sure you check us out at NoCredits.com and pick up our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Radio Public, Spotify, etc. Follow us at Twitter at Donnie Betts, hashtag NoCreditsProduction, LLC, hashtag Black Radio Days, hashtag Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.